irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Max and friends, he says what he wants, ain't holding nothing back. Got the Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday night edition of Max and Friends. I'm glad you're joining us here. If you're here for the first time, welcome to the show. If you're here with me for over the nine years, I bow to you, I salute you, and I say thank you. Because really, collectively, we are this show. So thank you for joining me here on Max and Friends. Wow, it's been like May. (laughs) It's almost over. And here we are just spending time together. We're like smack in the middle of May, which is beautiful. You know, I always talk about time being an illusion, and um, I'm just grateful that we're here right now. So (laughs) whether it's May, June, or July, I'm grateful that we're here. We still have opportunities to smile to one another. I think that's what brings me great joy when we're able to do that. So today, or tomorrow, or going into this week, I want you to practice smiling more. Look at people and smile, and see their reaction. I guarantee you they'll smile back. We say it here often on Max and Friends, smile at someone, love someone, be kind to someone. Tweet me at Max Tucci. Let me know what's going on in your life tonight. We have a great guest. Sister Jenna is joining us. And ooh, we've got a lot to talk about, especially spirituality in Washington. And something that I really want to talk about, the relationship between mind and matter and what is the impact of our thoughts and intentions. And when we speak, what do our words really mean? Once the word is spoken, it goes out. It never returns. It goes out into the abysses and it vibrates and it causes a reaction. For every action, there's a reaction. So when we speak, that vibration of our tone goes with it. So mind your tone this week. (laughs) I'm glad you're joining us tonight here on Max and Friends. Tweet me at Max Tucci. Like I said, if you want to email me any anything, email me, max at maxtucci.com. You know, that's how we roll here. We just have a good time. We are all a bunch of friends. That's why it's Max and Friends. So we're going to play some music right now. One of my favorite songs from Sharon Agati. Lead me to the water. And when we're back, Sister Jenna will be joining us. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Max Tucci, for Max and Friends. Somebody say the word Spirit. 
Talk Radio, this is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. That was Sharon Gatow, also known as Sharon Agati. The song is one of my favorites, Lead Me to the Water. Tonight, I'm really, really excited to introduce to you, my listeners, Sister Jenna. Sister Jenna is a spiritual leader, an author, a radio and TV personality, renowned speaker, and founder of the Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland, and one in Virginia. Sister Jenna serves as one of the evolutionary leaders in service to conscious evolution and was elected by Empower a Billion Women 2020 as one of 100 most influential leaders of 2015. Sister Jenna also served as a principal partner with the Oprah Winfrey Network and Values Partnerships on the Belief Team, a community of individuals from diverse spiritual, cultural, and faith backgrounds. Sister Jenna's mission is to decode critical current issues and offer a perspective for folks to find clarity, power, and insight. Her voice of influence is particularly needed in the wake of tragedy and increasing violence in our world. She has traveled to over 80 countries where she continues to provide practical life tools and solutions that empower people to foster and build stronger relationships. Her wisdom, peace, and compassion for humanity are expressed through a variety of initiatives she spearheads for youth, women, governments, and communities. She has collaborated with Fortune 500 companies on key issues, and her syndicated radio show, America Meditating, is a popular global online show. Sister Jenna is recipient of numerous awards and proclamations, including the President's Lifetime National Community Service Award, Everyday Hero Award by the Foundation for a Better Life, and the Friendship Archway Awards, to name a few. Without any further ado, I would like to invite my friend, Sister Jenna, (laughs) to Max and Friends. Welcome to the show. (laughs) 
Hi, Max, and Om Shanti, everyone. He made me sound like I'm so important. (laughs) (laughs) Om Shanti. I love that you just said that because we all have the ability and capability to do what you're doing. You've tapped into it. So explain to us and bring us on this journey and the genesis of Sister Jenna. Where did it all start? Well, you know, Max, thanks for asking. Um, It's a recorded script. I believe now we all have a script recorded. We wouldn't go to psychics. We wouldn't be interested in astrology. We wouldn't turn to numerology. We wouldn't be wondering about what our future holds. It's as if there's something recorded. So for me, I think it was recorded for me to be more in service and what that means, everyone. I think um, for me, I felt that there was need to give more than I received. So from being born to, from being born to uh, a Hindu father and an African Catholic mother in Kingston, Jamaica, being raised in America from the age of four until now, um, going through the motions of what it's like to um, be raised in a single-family home with a mother who barely knew herself because she was orphaned at seven, so she knew nothing about what it meant to be a parent. For whatever blessings, everyone, that it was on us, Max, she protected me, and I don't have horrifying stories growing up as a child other than having an absentee father. Um, and then at 16 or 17, really feeling like I needed to create a, a an economical foundation that would make me not compromise my ethics or values as a woman. Because usually the law is, as a woman, we get married to somebody wealthy and we're good to go. For me, I didn't want to end up in that genre where maybe that was what I needed, but then I wouldn't be respected or valued. So it was important for me to have a career. So I bought my first nightclub at 19 and in South Beach, and we ran this really very successful <laughs> nightclub in South Beach called The Globe, and then we went to um, uh, on, the, uh, on, on the bay, Key Biscayne on the bay. We had something there, and that was wonderful. You know, it was great for me to step out of the Jaguar or my Mercedes or the BMW, depending on what mood I was in, whatever Donna Karan or outfit I was going to wear or Giorgio Armani. That was my consciousness, everyone. Can you, don't you love it? I love it. Well, I, I love it. I love the duality of the consciousness of material and then the shift that happened. And so when was that shift? When did you acknowledge the shift in you? So the shift was I was dating the son of the prime minister of a country, and I was in that country doing some work to um, amplify its its image in the world for, tour, for the tourist section, for the minister of tourism. So it was while there I had like visions, experiences of God's light. I was feeling like I was waking up from a sleep, which I didn't even know I was sleeping in, I would have these very polarizing images of friends drinking, partying on one side, and then there was this woman on the other side who was giving, who was serving, who was available. So that happened when I was about 23, 24, came back to the U.S. Since my mother and dad were involved with the um, my stepfather, they had gotten involved with a spiritual movement called the Brahma Kumaris. I saw how much my mother had changed. Everyone, my mom was so bruised. And within a few months, she had found herself. She had gotten her act together. So I knew there was something good. So something was happening in my consciousness, everyone. Something happened. It woke up. It started to see a better version of me, which I had no idea was even living there. So when I got back to Miami, I decided to go to India, where our headquarters for the Brahma Kumaris was. And because I had that, you know, many people don't know where to go when they have an awakening. I had that. So that was a blessing. Went there, spent a month and a half with a lot of women senior yogis, came back. Jenna wasn't the same. She was not the same person, and there was no way I could go back to being that same person. It would almost seem blasphemous. So a month later, the senior yogi, Daddy Janki, she asked, I think you're ready. Go to the center, the ashram. If you're okay living there for three months, continue. If you're not, continue. And I've been in an ashram now for almost 25 years. How beautiful. But, you know, I want to talk real quick about the Miami days. 
Was there any moment? <laughs> Everyone loves those you, days. What is it about those well, days? <laughs> it's about those days. I think that's interesting because were you at any point living those days uncomfortably, or did you feel at any point that this wasn't authentic to who you were? Ah,、uh, great question. I think that I was destined to be a party animal, and I was destined to be someone very social. So I think that there was something in my being that still needed some wisdom. I was still helping my friends, where all my friends were partying and doing a whole bunch of other things. I was still the one that stayed the most sane in the midst of the whole group, and so I would still be there. You know, at the club at night, two, three o'clock, folks would come into my office, and we would have a spiritual chit chat. Believe it or not, so it was something was there. Now I wouldn't choose this, everyone. When my parents were doing this, and they were. Trying to get me to join them, I was like, "I love you. Whatever you want me to do to help you, I'm okay." But I don't have that saintly quality anywhere in my being. I love the world. Little did I know,、um, moving or living a life of spirituality didn't mean to let go of the world. It meant to amplify the quality of your world. When I got that, I went, "Oh, that's good. That's good." So I can still drive my fast cars. I can still do certain things that I loved doing. But then I could tweak my life, and that's what spirituality meant for me. Now, let me ask you: When you say "when I got that," do you remember an exact moment of getting it? Do you remember that moment? It happened in increments. There was a time my mother and I were in New York. These were rough days. We were at a laundromat. She was doing the laundry, and I had an out-of-the-body experience. I was about seven, and the out-of-body experience made me feel like I was in a council of a lot of people who cared about me, and they were kind of wondering where was she, what is she doing, is she all right? That closed. Then later on, I would have a lot of intuitive experiences where I could. Sort of sense something was going to happen, so that was a part. No, because then there was this other part where、um, stuff just started to open up. I started to see things more, and what I mean by see, I would say, you and I have had the same experiences where you saw a better version of you. You saw something that was illuminating, but the world doesn't have that. The props in the world don't support that. So the question sometimes comes for us: Where do I? Where is it that I go? So where is it that you go? Rather than just the old, deeper in, you dig deeper, and if you're lucky enough to find a spiritual tradition that supports the language that is comfortable for you,、mm. then use it as a container to support what you're feeling, not to depend on it.、Mm. That's beautiful. Well, you know, for a lot of people, we go through seasons. Especially in times like this, I love saying in times like this because <laughs> I feel like I've experienced so many. But in this lifetime, for me, there's a lot of I see it unhappy people, people who are suffering, and people who have so much and they're still unhappy. So, with these seasons, let's call them, and with people who are uncomfortable, or who are comfortable rather with themselves, or maybe they're not comfortable with themselves, how do we handle breaking out of that? Comfort zone, and how do we handle breaking out of that zone where we know and breaking the patterns and pathology to bring us into、mm-hmm. spirituality? You know, there's so many ways that、um, that occurs. It could be through tragedy that something that you held very dear to you is gone, which you thought you possessed and you owned it. So you feel some crazy idea. You feel like you've lost something when you really haven't. But then it could be a very tragic experience. Based on how deep my attachment was to it, that's one. The second thing could just be time. You're just ready for a shift within your own lifestyle in the way that you are interpreting yourselves in the world around you. It could be just the timing. And the third thing, it could be that you're in such a、um, self-sabotaging season. That that even has its own limit. Where you're like, I can't drink anymore. I can't smoke anymore. I can't do any more dope. I can't go into another relationship that doesn't mean anything anymore. I can't keep thinking of myself as less than. So, I think there are various ways that we can get into that stage. But what I do want to share, Max, when you do feel the signal, please don't turn your back on it. 
Don't turn your back on it. And I'm available, so you could always call me for support. But then we have like Brahma Kumari meditation branches all over the country and all over the world. So there are these spaces that you can enter into for free and just try to figure out what it is that you're feeling. How beautiful. Well, you know, what advice would you give right now to those who are listening, soul to soul, friend to friend, who have gone through tragedy and they're suffering from tragedy? What advice do you give them? (laughs) It'll pass. It'll pass. That's It'll the beauty pass. of life. <laughs> Everything is in motion. It'll pass. And, and don't try to suppress, like someone like me in such a position of authority, um, people expect me not to cry, not to be bothered, not to be agitated, not to be irritated. And I love to surprise them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you love to surprise them. And right now, if you're tuning I in, do. you're listening to Sister Jenna. We're on Max and Friends, and I'm glad you're joining us. We're talking about some wonderful things here. And we're going to get deeper into this conscious conversation with Sister Jenna. Stay tuned because you're listening to Max and Friends. LA Talk Radio, this is Max and Friends. For you, Sister Jenna, what is your interpretation of God and religion? Oh, I love that. God, after my years of investigating what that whole reason for the existence of this narrative is about, it is about reminding you that you have a higher level of quality available for you. I used to think that God was like, you know, you could find him in Christianity and Hinduism and Judaism. Um, That's your preference. That's your languaging. That's your cultural comfort. So, you interpret God based on the language, the geography, the, the the comfort of the narrative. But in reality, it is an energy. And the energy, if you're quiet enough inside of your mind, inside of your being, you can begin to access that energy as a supreme narrative to your love, your purity, your peace, your wisdom, your joy. Example. If I turn to you to give me the love that I think I've been longing for for lifetimes after lifetimes, and you can only give me a certain amount, soul to soul, energy to energy, I get something from you. But the reason why relationships don't last very long is that like it's not enough or somebody messes up and, and, and disregards the relationship. So the energy of God is that God is also a soul, but a supreme soul and not in a human form. So if I, the soul, am in my body, I'm in a human form, how do I connect with a non-human form that does exist that actually is the cure of my issues? That's why you have to meditate. So when you meditate, you first have to move away all this negative narrative that you're so used to believing in and just accept, I am a peaceful soul, I'm immortal, I'm imperishable, I am pure, God the Supreme, Baba, Allah, Jehovah, Shiva, Krishna, I'm coming to you because you're going to remind me that I'm full of these qualities. And that's it. Now, when you are full of those qualities, Max, you can do amazing things. Absolutely. Well, you know, I find it so interesting because meditation in the, la- in the recent, I'll say, five to ten years has become mainstream. My grandmother is a yogi, so growing up, meditation was always part of my life. But, you know, on Max and Friends here, we talk to people often and they say, oh, I don't know how to meditate. Oh, meditating, you know, is the devil. Oh, meditating is this. So in your experience of meditation and in your definition of meditation, what is meditation and how do we engage in it? It's a process or a practice where you develop an ability to stop feeding into negative and waste thoughts. If you begin to be more of an observer of the quality of your thoughts, and you repeal and replace, I've been using that a lot since the Obamacare, and, and, and you repeal thoughts that have the intention of algae. Now get ready for what algae means. It's an acronym I use all the time. A for anger, L for lust, G for greed, A for attachment, E for ego. So your thoughts become wasteful or negative if the intention of algae is somewhere connected to what you're thinking. And when the algae is really consuming your being, you're peaceless. 
So when you're meditating, you're realizing algae isn't healthy for your well-being. And you begin to repeal that and replace it with the opposite qualities to algae, like peace and love and purity and truth and joy. So you want to develop the ability to create the intentionality of those qualities now in what you're thinking, such as, okay, now I'm really going to go and do my reality show and I'm going to put the best of me into this show. So the best of me is what? The algae part or the virtuous part? I love, so then you're still going to do your part. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I love the point of allergy because if you see allergy grow, it's green, it's murky, it's dirty, it's gross, and it spreads quickly. So I just had this mm. vision of allergy on the brain, and I think a lot of people have allergy on the brain because it spreads so quickly. <laughs> and I'm not mm-hmm. judging anyone, but I just think it's time to have the clarity and get some light shining into your thoughts, shining into your being, shining into your words so that you clear this allergy up. And on that note, stay tuned. We'll be right back. LA Talks Radio, this is Max and Friends. It's time we rise up and clean the allergy from our minds. If you're trying to figure out what we're saying, well, this show is in archives after the show, so go to latalkradio.com backslash Max. There you can hear the whole show. And if you feel that you heard something, but you want to hear it again because it was that aha moment, well, then go there and download the show and listen to it whenever you want and let it inspire you. Sister Jenna, I love the word karma. We say it here often on Max and Friends. I say it every morning. Good morning and good karma. To you, what does karma mean? Actions. Actions that you've performed in this life and lives in the past and perhaps the actions that you're going to perform even in your future that you don't even know. That's one. The second thing, what determines a good karma or a negative karma, again, goes back to the algae consciousness or the virtue consciousness. If you perform actions with the motivation of algae, the return of that karmically will be some kind of a, you know, sadness or suffering or pain or sense of loss because algae is very attaching. Mm -hmm. But if you perform actions with a sense that I'm bringing, I'm doing this for the benefit for all, I'm here as an instrument, nothing belongs to me, I'm basically passing through, but I will do the best that I can for who I am, then that's going to give you always good actions coming back towards you. I love the term, good actions. It's a creating of a narrative in your persona which reveal what's been going on with you. So the actions that you perform create a recording in the soul at a very deep vibrational level. Mm -hmm. So there is your subconscious, which is very deep, and that's Mm -hmm. where we need to clean out. And then there's the logical part, the conscious part. Mm -hmm. The conscious part, we have like an idea of how to play with ourselves and words and play games. But really the deep attraction of what comes into your life and what leaves your life is coming from the subconscious realm, Mm -hmm. which is where all the hidden secrets are of your whole narrative, what you have been up to and what you will be up to. That vibration in the soul is what gets cleaned out when you practice Raj Yoga meditation. Yeah, I love it. You know, and there's also the unconscious. And I think a lot of people, especially now, are just speaking unconsciously. You know, here on Max and Friends, we have Gordana Birnat, who I know you love just as much as Mm. I do. Her new book, Hashtag Know the Truth, is available now. Of course, I have to give her that plug. (laughs) Gordana and I Mm -hmm. often talk about conscious conversations. So what is Mm -hmm. consciousness and how do we engage in a conscious conversation? The interesting thing about consciousness is that you can't see it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like you can't see it. (laughs) But it's there. But but it's there. But it's there. So think about that. I want to be Mm -hmm. conscious, but I can't see it. So when I talk about consciousness, I, I start to direct my attention back to what am I thinking Are my thoughts supporting algae, which is awakened consciousness, or, or, or are my thoughts supporting virtue? Sorry, algae is not awakened consciousness. Algae is sleeping consciousness. Or are my thoughts supporting, um, the consciousness of love and peace and purity? So there are two kinds of consciousness. There's soul aware and there's body aware. If you're constantly caught up in the limited consciousness, then your life will feel like it's always fear-driven. If you're caught up on soul-aware conscious, which is connected to virtues, values, ethics, morals, you will feel like you're immortal 
everyone belongs to you, you belong to everyone, and you are free. So consciousness has a lot to do with the quality of thoughts. So there are two kinds. Either you live from a very limited-based thinking, or you live from a level that is eternal, which has a lot to do with the quality of thinking, the purity of thinking, the real level of thinking that you bring into your actions. I always tell folks at our events, Max, imagine yourself to be a one-year-old. Look at another person as a one-year-old. The feelings that you get from that, that's actually who you are. Bring that to your work. Bring that to your acting. Bring that to your hosting. Bring that to your cooking. Bring that to your cleaning. That's spirituality. Yeah, just bring it. <laughs> bring it to life. And just bring it on. Right? Bring it on. Bring it, bring it to it life. On. Bring it to life. Well, <laughs> it's interesting how there was that little bit of a, you said the allergy was the, I think you said it was an awakening conversation, right? Or consciousness. Yeah, that was in, yeah. But no, right. because a lot of people, I think, believe that to be true. So, yes. I, you know, I think that why you said that there's a purpose and a reason for you saying that. Because a lot of people who are tuning in and a lot of people who are tuning in who know people, they believe that that allergy is their awakening consciousness. So how is it possible for us who are sitting here, people in this world, they believe that this allergy is something that really is enlightening or is enlightenment to them? How do we shift well, that? I, I, it's not even my job. Yeah, I, I think love it. that your uh, yeah, I think your algae will have its limit for you. And when you sit in your own company and you don't feel contented, you don't feel safe, mm-hmm. you don't feel complete, you don't feel whole. Mm-hmm. That's the result that algae is killing your spirit. Mm. And that's why I had to correct it when I yeah. said, "Oh, I don't mean algae awakens right. you; it really kills your spirit." And so when I have my days, and but that please could know be a big, everyone... I just have to pause you there because I feel that that's such a big misconception to people is that, that they believe allergy is something that is enlightening them because it has to do because, with so many, so many, you know, feely things and, you know, kooky, fun things. But in reality, it kills the spirit. You don't stop going and having, you know, tea or coffee at star, uh, at a cafe. Mm-hmm. You don't stop, you know, treating somebody as a companion in your life or your partner with love and respect. Mm-hmm. When you, when there's algae, there's just a fear limited state of existence. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone's really just concerned about themselves. Mm-hmm. Go back to every breakup in history. At the end of the day, People forget that once upon a time, they actually cared for that person. Mm. So then that starts to prove about how the algae was so much in this relationship that actually it didn't feed it. It didn't grow it. It actually took so much from it that there was nothing left to give. Mm. I'm so glad. This is just turning into a beautiful conscious conversation. I love it. Exactly. And, and I hope this is helping you, everyone who's listening tonight, or if you feel that this is something that someone needs to hear, go to latalkradio.com backslash max, download this, and understand what this allergy means and how it's, it's really not that difficult to break free from. It just takes discipline. What does discipline mean to you, Sister Jenna? It means I want to learn. It means I really uh, love freedom. Uh, for example, I get up every morning at 3, 3.30, I have a class every day at 6 o'clock that I conduct at the centers or live. I have my breakfast by 8.30, 9 o'clock. And then after that, I belong to the whole world. And so meeting people and dealing with individuals and fulfilling my own dreams that's recorded in me, that's also part of my day-to-day routine. But every hour on the hour, I pause for something called traffic control because your day can get so wild So every hour I have a chime that just reminds me to go in and remember who I am, who I belong to, why I'm here, and what is real. And when I take those 60 seconds of inner peace, I know that that helps me to stay true to my call. And so discipline is vital, but I think a lot of people think discipline is to tell people what to do and not to do. Discipline is a person who knows that if they can have a structure in their own inner world, they can actually be free to do what they really want to do. I love that you talk about mind and matter and the impact of our thoughts and intentions. What is the relationship between mind and matter? They must get along. Without the mind, the matter won't cooperate. 
Without matter, the mind won't feel like it has any purpose for existence. But there are two forms. The mind is a vibrational tool. So whatever you're thinking in your mind, it's vibrating. First to the cells in your body, then to the environment around you outside of your body, then to relationships that you're having, and then it extends further on. So if I'm having a peaceful thought in my mind, the cells in my body are feeling that. And so my body will move in a peaceful manner, in a graceful manner. If my thoughts in my mind are peaceless or fear-driven, my body will follow the vibration of what's in my mind. So that's why I always recommend that it's so important that my mind and my body like each other. If you don't like each other, we're not going to get along. I've seen folks, and I know in Miami, which is my old romping grounds, sometimes, and I'm not judging, but I have concerns when I see bodybuilders go way over the limit of building their bodies to an extent that it no longer shows me the respect of the body. It's now going more into the body consciousness than into the soul consciousness. So there has to be a balance of how you care for your spirit and how you care for yourselves. And that's our struggle. Sometimes we go too much in meditation that we lose it. And sometimes we go too much into the body that we lose it. And so when we have enough wisdom, we try to find a way in how to honor both. My mind needs pure thoughts. My body needs good food, good water, good times. You know, it needs a balance. Yes, it needs a balance. I love um, wisdom. I love that you said wisdom. And your radio show, <laughs> America Meditating Radio Show, mm -hmm. brings out a lot of wisdom to your listeners and also expresses mm -hmm. a lot of wisdom. Tell us more about the show and the type of guests that you feature. We started it because Sister Gita, my co-host, is a cancer survivor, and she was bedridden for a while, but she has a beautiful voice, and she happens to be my mother. And so I thought, let's try something where she could still use her gifts. And so it started off where, let her do it for 15 minutes, and then she says, no, can you please do it? I'm not ready. And then here we are three and a half years later, over a thousand episodes a million archive listeners in 90 countries. We have a free app. We've had guests from your friend, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Gordano, also your friend, Alanis Morissette, Russell Simmons, two individuals who have done incredible work in their community, which came from the power of their spirit. So we select people who are doing something that makes our planet better, not someone who wants to destroy it. Mm, how beautiful is that? Well, speaking of, what spiritual advice would you give to our world leaders with that question? <laughs> I really, really want my world leaders to really, sitting in front of them, I want them to just look at me in the eyes. And I want to sit in God's remembrance. And I then would ask them the question, are you being true to your call? Are you being true to your spirit? Mm. And I just want to look at them. And I want them to sit in silence and allow a real answer to emerge. That's one thing. The second thing is to invite them to come and visit our museum and sit in the quiet room and to begin to hear what is going on in their own heads. If it's peaceful, continue. If it's peaceless, make a change. What does it mean to be true to your call? To be true to your call is where you are really responding through your thoughts words and deeds that it's beneficial for the lives of everyone. When you have answered your real purpose and call, people around you will rise. If the call that you're answering is an influence of some stereotype or some promotional idea of what it means to exist in the world today, and a lot of people are suffering because of you, it's not your call. You're under an influence. It is of duality. It is not your real pure self, and there needs to be a revisitation in that area. A revisitation. Well, if you're visiting us for the first time, you're listening to Max and Friends here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Max Tucci. My guest is Sister Jenna. And right now, just like Sister Jenna said, we're going to rise up. We're going to rise up with one of my favorite songs from Ezina. Go right now to Twitter at E-Z-I-N-A and rise up with us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Rise up, rise up.
time. Rise and shine, rise and shine, rise and shine. Elevate your mind. Rise and shine, rise and shine, rise and shine. Now is your time. rise up i just love that song sister jenna i thank you so much for being here before i let you go i need to know what is your deepest wish for humanity (laughs) my deepest wish is that we could look at each other soul to soul and know that we're enough we don't have to wear masks we don't have to pretend to be something we're not but also to be very accountable for ourselves that if we feel that we're lacking, that I've got to be accountable to respond to that. So my deepest wish for humanity, let's look at each other more, soul to soul, speak from that place. If something's lacking, be responsible, fix that for you, and then continue on. And continue on. I know you've got to continue on with your schedule, so before I let you go, You're in Washington. There's a lot of energy in Washington right now. There's a lot of emotion in Washington. What is it for you? What is your desire to be able to tell the world? Why does the world need to wake up right now? Being in Washington and seeing this all happening. Because, unfortunately, sometimes leaders forget that they were there to be of service because the power can be so intoxicating. And when I think a lot of people are drunk with power, they forget their original call, their original purpose. And so now the citizens have to wake up. The the, the, the individuals have to be responsible for what these leaders are doing for their lives or to their lives. And I know that when the people rise up but stay consistent in rising up, our politicians will awaken in their conscience. You cannot kill your conscience for so long until, you know, I mean, something will happen that your conscience will say to you, that's enough. You can't do any more of that. And so I think for everyone in Washington, everyone in our country, and everyone around the world, every morning that you wake up, send your pure feelings and good wishes to your family, to the leadership in your specific district, The second thing is make sure you say on top of what's going on in your district, what are the rules, the laws that are either being changed or addressed, and you call your representatives and you let them know how you feel until we remain consistent in letting them know, I don't support this, their conscience cannot wake up. Right now, I think the leadership on the Hill, something has got to be hurting them, but they just won't tell you yet as we continue to stand up peacefully and with respect to them and say, we love that you've served us so far, but something's amiss. We just need you to understand this is not the road you need to go down. We will still support you as your people, but do not support something that's not beneficial for our country. We need to 
make sure that our voices are heard in that way. Mm, how beautiful. We do need to make sure that our voices are heard. When are you running for politics, Sister Jenna? <laughs> mm-hmm. I did that in a previous lifetime, so, I'm, so I've retired from it in this one. <laughs> so now you know how to get into the whole world of political world and be the piece that they need, right? <laughs> I hope so. My, my, you know, I'm still bipartisan, and so it doesn't matter. It's just that I'm more into, let's, you've got so much power in your hands, we could do so much in the world. Let's we do can. it. Let's do it. And before I let you go, what is a quote that you live by that you would like to inspire us with? This is my favorite quote because it's mine. Love everyone the same so you can break your attachments. I love it. And on that note, we've got to break this attachment because I've got to get this show wrapped up and you've got to go do your thing. So, Sister Jenna, thank you so much for being here. How can people find you and tune into your radio show? Okay, just go to americameditating.org. And if you're in the nation's capital, come to the museum at meditationmuseum.org. We'd love to see you. And you do take donations to the museum, is that correct? Oh, gosh, I've been waiting to get something like a million-dollar check for all the work that we've done in 20 years. <laughs> well, if you can see it in your yes. mind, you can hold it in your hand, right? <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that one, definitely. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you for being a guest here on Max and Friends, and I hope you join us again real soon. Love you. Love you. I You're love just you. awesome. I, thank you. I love you, too. Namaste. I bow to you. Namaste. And I'm grateful Take for care. everything that you're doing. Many blessings. Om Shanti. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you all for tuning in to Max and Friends. I hope you enjoyed the journey tonight. That was a fun show with Sister Jenna. If you feel so inclined to give a donation to the museum, I encourage you to do that. And for more information, again, you can go to americameditating.org. I'm your host, Max Tucci, from Max and Friends. I have to say unto you, good night and good karma, and take life to the max. I got to leave you with another song, another love song from my buddy, Nandaji. Velvel Muriga.
Sunday to Max and Friends. Good night, everyone. I love you.